What is up guys? It is Quinn here. And in this video, I'm going to be going through my week 15 wide receiver start sits. If you guys are new to the channel for my start sits, I'm going to be breaking down every single week 15 matchup. So all 16 games talking about every fantasy relevant wide receiver, and they're going to be listed as either a start fringe option or a sit. So starts are the guys that you feel very confident throwing into your lineup. Typically, these are going to be your wide receiver ones, your wide receiver twos. I don't always have a set number, but try to get somewhere in like the 24 range. And then the fringe options, these are going to be your wide receiver threes, your flex plays. You may not love them in your lineup, but they're going to be fine. You know, they're not going to uh, kill your fantasy team. And today I'm going to be putting out my start sits for the running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, and tight ends. Those are all going to be out today, switching up the schedule because I'm also going to be putting out rankings for running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, defenses, and kickers. This is going to be the uh, schedule moving forward for the fantasy playoffs. So those are going to be out later in the week. Hopefully you guys are able to check all of that out, but let's jump into the Thursday night matchup where we have the 49ers taking on the Seahawks. For the 49ers, it seems very likely that they will be without Debo Samuel for this game. You know, the uh, injury doesn't appear to be as serious as they initially thought, but a very quick turnaround here on Thursday night. I think this makes Brandon Ayuk a very solid play. He'll be operating as the clear-cut wide receiver one for this 49ers team. And then I'm going to be sitting Jawan Jennings. Then for the uh, Seahawks, this is pretty easy here. Continue to fire up DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Marquise Goodwin has had some you know solid performances here and there, but he's not someone I want to be relying on on a week-to-week basis. In the next matchup, we have the Colts taking on the Vikings. And for Michael Pittman, I have him as a pretty solid start here. He's coming off his bye week, and he did have a brutal week 13 game uh, before that bye where he only caught two passes for 16 yards. But he has been very solid with Matt Ryan as the starter. He is averaging 14.4 PPR points per game in that stretch. So probably not quite living up to uh, expectations coming into the season, but still very startable production. Plus, we have the Vikings who are allowing the second most points per game to wide receivers. So I do really like Pittman here this week. Going to be sitting Paris Campbell and Alec Pierce. For the Vikings, this is basically the layout every single week. We obviously fire up Justin Jefferson, who is just a monster. And then Adam Thielen slots in as like a, uh, you know, back end wide receiver three fringe option. And then KJ Osborne is going to be a sit. In the Ravens-Browns game, we have to continue to fade this Ravens wide receiver room. Ever since the uh, Rashad Bateman injury, there's just been nothing going on here. So sitting Demarcus Robinson, sitting Deshaun Jackson. Then for the Browns, I have Amari Cooper as a start. And I still have Donovan Peoples-Jones as a fringe play, but I would say he is a very high-end fringe play. Watson, I guess, was slightly better in this second game, definitely just in the volume department. He was 26 of 42 for 276 passing yards, a touchdown, and a pick, and then added 33 yards on the ground. We did see Donovan Peoples-Jones go out and have a huge day. 12 targets, 8 receptions, 114 yards. Amari Cooper kind of took the back seat. I still obviously view Cooper as the wide receiver one on this team moving forward, but I do think Donovan Peoples-Jones has had a very solid overall season, and if Watson can get it together, I think both of these guys can both be weekly top 24 options, but I'm still going to side with Cooper here as the better play here in week 15. In probably one of the uh, best games of the week, we have the Dolphins taking on the Bills. I know two has been struggling a little bit. Dolphins offense hasn't looked great. I still think we have to obviously fire up Tyree Kill as a high-end wide receiver one. 
And I'm not jumping off the uh, Jalen Waddle bandwagon. I still think he is going to be a great start this week, even in probably a tougher matchup. And then for the Bills, obviously Stephon Diggs is a start coming off a down game, but still obviously a high-end wide receiver one. And I really debated having Gabe Davis as a sit. I ended up opting for a fringe option. I mean, just straight up, he has been, you know, bad. You know, he hasn't been great. He hasn't had one of those uh, ceiling games in a while. But in a matchup that's not terrible for him, you know, I guess it's a pretty, uh, you know, neutral matchup in terms of fantasy wide receivers. I think he's playable just because he does give you that high ceiling, even though we haven't seen it in a while. I was pretty low on Gabe Davis heading into the season. Like, I think he's someone I've kind of been right on but I think he's probably even underperformed what I was expecting out of him. So maybe we see a bounce back, but I don't love him in my lineup. And then uh, sitting Isaiah McKenzie here in the Falcons-Saints matchup. Unfortunate, but I will be sitting Drake London. Very talented player. Not a great situation. We'll see if uh, Desmond Ritter can kind of, you know, ignite something here for Drake London. That would be good to see, but it's not something I kind of want to be anticipating, especially in the fantasy playoffs. And then for the Saints, going to be starting Chris Olave. Very solid all season long and sitting Jarvis Landry. Just need Chris Olave to get some touchdown luck. The uh, touchdowns have just not been there for him. And speaking of someone who has not been able to get touchdowns, we have the Steelers taking on the Panthers, and obviously that guy would be Deontay Johnson. Now for the Steelers here, Kenny Pickett left the game, is in concussion protocol. I kind of have two different scenarios here. I think if Kenny Pickett is back at quarterback, I probably list both Deontay Johnson and George Pickens as sits. Just don't really love either player. You could probably make an argument that they should both be fringe options, but either way, they're just guys you don't feel great about. However, I think if Mitch Trubisky is the guy who plays in the games that Mitch has played like a significant amount of time, talking like 80 plus percent of the snaps, there's been four of those games. Deontay Johnson has just been peppered with targets. These are his targets in those four games, 12, 10, 11, and eight. So just based on the volume alone with Mitch at quarterback, I think he's someone who does have to be considered a fringe option. And then on the other side with the Panthers, this may be an overreaction for me uh, with DJ Moore. I have him as a sit. I think, you know, it may be an overreaction. I'm, you know, willing to put that out there, but I think we may have overreacted in week 12 where he had that big game with Darnold at quarterback, four for 103 and a touchdown. He had been, you know, pretty rough with the other quarterbacks, obviously terrible with Baker. Then we see Darnold come in. He has a big game and we're like, oh, DJ Moore is back. You know, he's going to be a great option rest of season. He follows up that game with uh, zero receptions this past week. And it was in a game where the Panthers scored 30 points. So it's not even like the uh, offense was anemic and they couldn't do anything. You know, they got shut out. They scored 30 points. And I know, you know, the defense put them in some good spots, but still, it's not a good look. Obviously, it's not a talent or skill issue for DJ Moore. It's just the situation. But aside from that one boom game he had with Sam Darnold, he has scored under seven points in four of the last five games. Obviously, with that, you know, outlier being that huge game. So I'm, you know, just not interested in more. I feel like if you drafted him pretty highly and you've made the playoffs, you probably haven't been relying on him because if he was starting in your lineup, you know, you're probably not here in the playoffs. So he is going to be a sit for me this week. If you think differently, you know, let me know down below. Maybe I'm overreacting. I'm willing, you know, to throw that out there. In the next matchup, we have the Eagles taking on the Bears and just total opposites in the uh, wide receiver room. For the Eagles, love A.J. Brown, love Devonta Smith as starts. And then for the Bears, just nothing going on here. 
as a Bears fan, that Chase Claypool trade looking pretty rough. Not saying Claypool's bad, but just giving up like an early second round pick for a guy who's got, what, one year left on that rookie deal and hasn't really done anything. Tough look for the Bears. And then uh, sitting Equinemius St. Brown also just, you know, can't be relying on these wide receivers. In the Chiefs-Texans game, for uh, Juju Smith here, it definitely looks like he is back. Remember, he had that stretch of like three or four dominant games in a row before uh, suffering the concussion. And then he kind of had a tough time breaking back into the fold after the concussion. Typically, you know, once you're cleared, you're just back to 100%, ready to go. He might have been, and the Chiefs were kind of just holding him back. But he was back to his uh, early season workload, or I guess mid-season workload. 86% route participation, led the team with 11 targets, turned that into 9 for 74 and a touchdown. So looking up for Juju rest of season. Going to be sitting Kadarius Toney and MVS. And then for the Texans, we saw Cooks and Nico Collins miss this game, and that led uh, Chris Moore to have kind of a breakout performance. This is still a wide receiver room. I just want to be fading. Even if Cooks and Collins miss again, I don't know if we can rely on Chris Moore. And then if one of those guys comes back, you know, maybe they're a fringe option. At this point, with what we know, you know, early on in the week, just a wide receiver room I'm going to be avoiding. We have the Cowboys taking on the Jaguars. For the Cowboys, I think it's pretty clear. Obviously, CeeDee Lamb is a start, and they're going to be sitting Michael Gallup here. For the Jaguars, continue to fire up Christian Kirk, coming off a down week, but still their wide receiver one. And then we have Zay Jones coming off of a big day. And I do think with Trevor Lawrence really elevating his play over the last like six-ish games, I think Zay Jones is going to be a fringe option moving forward as their wide receiver two, and then uh, sitting their number three, Marvin Jones. In the Lions-Jets uh, matchup, obviously we're going to be firing up Amon Ross St. Brown, and DJ Chark is someone who has had back-to-back really strong performances, you know, like big yardage games. I think he has to be considered like a back-end wide receiver three at this point. It's definitely a tough matchup here against the Jets, but this Lions offense and especially the passing attack is definitely ascending. So I think he has to be in the fringe territory. And then I'm going to be uh, sitting Jamison Williams. He had the long touchdown, but I mean, the routes he's running are basically non-existent in this offense. And then uh, for the Jets, Garrett Wilson continue to fire him up as a very strong play. And then I believe Corey Davis left with a concussion or was in concussion protocol. That opened up Elijah Moore to have a massive role. I still believe in the talent of Elijah Moore. I don't think his uh, breakout last year was just, you know, totally a fluke. So I know the talent is there. He'll likely have, you know, a solid opportunity in this matchup against the Lions. So I do actually like him as like a wide receiver, you know, flex uh, fringe play in this matchup. Then we have the Cardinals taking on the Broncos. DeAndre Hopkins continues to ball out. I know he lost that uh, crucial fumble, but still delivered you, you know, a solid fantasy day. Honestly, was a little disappointed in the production out of Marquise Brown. It looks like they uh, moved him to the slot, which I think would, you know, kind of uh, benefit Marquise Brown rest of season. I have him here as a fringe option. It's a tough matchup against a good Broncos defense. Also losing Kyler, I do think hurts this offense. So he's going to be a fringe for me but probably at worst is going to be like a high-end wide receiver three. And then for the Broncos, it's really tough to do this video with these wide receivers because every week, you know, one of them's got some sort of injury. And, you know, obviously we know the offense is bad. Jerry Judy coming off of a huge fantasy day. And the only reason why I'm not ready to just throw him back in there as a start is that I'm guessing Russ is not going to be suiting up. And Russ probably had his best game of the season, was looking good, was obviously, you know, connecting with Judy. And then he goes down with a really hard hit. 
basically seemed like he was, you know, kind of close to knocked out, obviously not uh, knocked out cold, but he was clearly dazed. I wouldn't be expecting him to return uh, here in week 15. So with, uh, what's it, Rippon at quarterback, don't really love it, especially if Sutton comes back. Now you've got a crowded wide receiver room with a bad quarterback and a bad offense. It's just not a great recipe for success. In this next matchup, we have the Patriots taking on the Raiders. We saw Jacoby Myers miss this game, I believe with a concussion. I still think he's their wide receiver one. He would be a back-end wide receiver three if he is able to suit up for this game. I like the talent. He's just had you know some tough breaks over the last few weeks production-wise and then obviously uh, injury-wise. And then for the Raiders, we got to continue to fire up Devontae Adams as a high-end wide receiver one. And then I'm going to be sitting their number two, Mac Hollins. In the Titans-Chargers matchup, I think if Traylon Burks is able to return from his concussion here in week 15, I think he would be a solid fringe option, going to be sitting Robert Woods regardless of Traylon Burks status. And then for the Chargers, we are finally seeing you know what we've basically expected out of this offense all season long. They're finally getting healthy, at least at the uh, wide receiver position. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, both back. Keenan Allen, 14 targets, 12 receptions, 92 yards. Mike Williams, six for 116 and a touchdown. So obviously, you know, we're firing up both of those dudes. Mike Williams was able to log a solid workload. Didn't have his, uh, you know, total, uh, I guess, like fully healthy workload in terms of routes run, but he was definitely up there. So a great sign moving forward. And I honestly think uh, Josh Palmer is still a viable wide receiver three. He still logged an 80% route participation. You look at the Titans who have allowed the most points per game to the wide receiver position. I still think Josh Palmer is very, very playable this week. So I wouldn't like rush to drop him just because Mike Williams is back. I still think he can have a very solid role. And then we have the Bengals taking on the Buccaneers. And this Bengals wide receiver room kind of got interesting for an unfortunate reason. Obviously, getting Jamar Chase out of the way, fire him up, high-end wide receiver one. And I'm going to be talking about the T. Higgins thing here because this was just a brutal break for T. Higgins fantasy owners. I know I started him in a spot or two where it's like I needed a win, and he goes out there and he just doesn't play. So basically, he dealt with a hamstring injury throughout the week, but he was not listed on the final injury report. So you would assume, you know, he's good to go going to be, you know, 100% or close to 100% in that game, or at least should not be limited based on injury because he's not on the uh, official final injury report. Supposedly, I think this came out after that he aggravated it pregame, but I mean, there were no reports, at least I didn't see any reports. It was kind of just a mystery as to why T Higgins wasn't playing. So he plays one single snap. And if this was like a one-off thing, you would kind of be like, ah, you know, it really sucks. But a similar thing actually happened in week five. I think it was week five. He was supposed to have like a normal role. There really wasn't any, you know, uh, you know, push about him being super limited. And then he went out and was playing, I think like 10 snaps, was on the sideline basically the entire game. So this has happened twice here for T Higgins. I don't think this is like a T Higgins thing. I think it's just a weird way the uh, Bengals are kind of managing this, but it's just a tough spot in terms of ranking him. Because if he's healthy and we know he's playing, he's obviously going to be a start and probably a wide receiver one. But I feel like I have to list him as a fringe option because there is that you know downside where you fire him up in your lineup and then the dude's just sitting on the sideline. We also see Tyler Boyd, who I think will be missing at least a week or two. And then I'm going to be sitting Trent Irwin, 
For T. Higgins, hopefully we're able to get some positive news, you know, throughout the week. But I mean, just having a goose egg in your lineup on someone where you're expecting wide receiver one production, that is a massive, massive hit in your lineups. So hopefully if you guys are watching this video, when you have T. Higgins, you were able to uh, overcome that. But, uh, you know, definitely a tough look for people who are relying on him. And then on the other side with the Buccaneers, we're going to continue to fire up Chris Godwin. People have kind of been talking about how Chris Godwin is back, you know, off that ACL. He's, you know, the same Chris Godwin before, and he's had some decent days fantasy-wise, but if you're actually watching the guy, he is clearly not 100% of what he was, and I don't think we can be expecting that off the ACL, but I think it's just, you know, kind of putting this offense in a little bit of a tough spot when we look at the entire thing. And then I have uh, Mike Evans as a fringe option here. You look at this team, they have a top 10 roster, and I think I could make a stronger argument that they have the worst coaching staff in the NFL. There's a guy, uh, John Ledyard is his name. His uh, Twitter is Ledyard NFL Draft. He's the guy I go to for my uh, Bucks information. And I just wanted to uh, read two of the tweets he put out after that last game. So the first one is just on the Buccaneers in general. He said, we'll look back on this Buck season even decades from now as one of the strongest examples in NFL history of a coaching staff completely dismantling a strong culture and running an organization into the ground. Hard to fathom how bad this team has been in all time fumbling of the bag. I feel like that puts it pretty well. And then there have also been, you know, some talks on Tom Brady. Obviously, he had a uh, terrible game against the 49ers, but he compared Tom Brady this year to uh, Tom Brady in 2019, where he was on that Patriots team with a really brutal offense. And he started off the season playing all right, you know, playing well, but the offense wasn't doing great. And then once everything started to kind of, you know, fall around around him, that's when he started to play badly. He said the same thing here. He's talking about how he's pressing, making bad decisions, not setting his feet, and then his accuracy is suffering, even though he started off the season great, and now it's kind of slipping. So I guess that's just some insight there on that Bucks team. For Mike Evans, I mean, he's been pretty non-existent over the past five weeks. His uh, PPR points over that stretch, 9, 10.4, 5.1, 9.9, and 8.4. If Brady's struggling, if the O-line is struggling, it's going to be tough for Mike Evans. I think in general, they're in this weird spot, or I guess not weird, it's just a bad spot, where they have an injured offensive line, a bad offensive line. You have a quarterback who's not super mobile, so he needs to get the ball out of his hands. But you look at the weapons, you have Chris Godwin, who can't really separate or get any yak coming off the ACL. You have Mike Evans, who is, I'm not saying he's only a deep threat, but he is not someone that you can get super involved as a quick hitter. He's not great after the catch. You've got tight ends like Kate Ott and Cam Brate, not a ton of, you know, after the catch there. And then like Lenny out of the backfield, not the most elusive running back. It's just not looking good for the Bucks. Probably spent too much time on them there. But to wrap it up, Godwin is a start. Evans is a fringe option, probably a high-end wide receiver three. He did kind of lose out on a, a huge touchdown with a Donovan Smith holding call. But, you know, uh, obviously it's not going to count with the hold for your fantasy team. Now, moving over to Sunday Night Football, we have the Giants taking on the Commanders. I think Darius Slayton is a back-end wide receiver three, coming off a down game, but still operating clearly as their uh, wide receiver one. And then for the Commanders, continue to fire up Terry McLaurin as a very strong play. And then I'm going to be sitting Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson. With Taylor Heineke at quarterback, he is locked in on Terry McLaurin, and it's pretty great for fantasy. And now Monday Night Football, Rams taking on the Packers. I know Baker went out, you know, lit it up at the end of the game, actually gave Van Jefferson and Ben Skoranek some decent stat lines. 
I do not really want to be going to the well on these guys. So they're both going to be sits for me. And then for the Packers, I think it's pretty clear Christian Watson has come in and overtaken the wide receiver one role. This dude just has an insane big playability. He is such a freak athlete. He can catch like a five-yard slant and just take it to the house. The dude is crazy fast. He continues to put himself in opportunities to get into the end zone. Obviously, I think, you know, this crazy touchdown run is going to come to an end at some point, but you just got to keep riding the hot hand here with Christian Watson. And then I have Al Nazard as a fringe play. I still think he's definitely playable, but now, you know, operating as the wide receiver too, you definitely can't be as confident as you were early on in the season. So that is actually going to be every single week 15 matchup, all 16 games. If you guys did enjoy, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Like I said at the top, all my start sits are out today going to be going through rankings. So there's going to be a lot of content for you guys if you are interested. As always, thank you guys for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.